Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm with my co-host, Robert. We're racked into the NFL draft. What a draft it was. Uh, we want to give our rankings um, post-NFL draft. We're going to do our top 36 each, discuss our risers and fallers. Um, before we get into that, we want to discuss some pretty big tr- trades that happened on draft night. Robert, what are you, were your thoughts from these trades? Yeah, so I I thought the trades were pretty insane, right? Like the AJ Brown trade. Why why did the Titans decide to trade AJ Brown? Did you not did you not think you could pay him? Was he not willing to take the contract? Uh, I think there's a lot of little nuances in there. But for me, you know, why did you why why are you trying to compete and then trading your best receiver? Uh, I I feel like that's a pretty big question mark for me. Traylon Burks signing or drafting Traylon Burks, you know, that's, you know, at least you replaced him. Uh, but at the same time, the Eagles got a star, right? You you paid him. You're taking advantage of Jalen Hurts' contract. And now you get to see what Jalen Hurts offers, right? There's no questions in my mind that they will know specifically what they have from from Jalen Hurts. And if he starts losing games and he starts not throwing the ball well, I would not be surprised to see Gardner Minshew midseason. And, um, I, I think they're going to be players in the draft if uh, they don't like what Jalen Hurts offers, and I, I think they're going to. I think they're going to be willing to trade up next year. I, th- I I wouldn't be surprised to see them trade a few firsts uh, to move up for try to move up for CJ Stroud or Bryce Young next year. Yeah, huge trade indeed. I mean, AJ Brown is is one of the most coveted dynasty assets. Certainly were p- prior to the trade. Um, I think the trade's got to hurt them right because of the. The other good players in, in Philly, they go from a run-heavy offense to a run-heavy offense. Uh, the difference is, is you've got a very good tight end and another really good young receiver in Philly. Um, and I, I, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts cannot become a better passer of the football than t- Ryan Tannehill, but they certainly haven't shown that s- thus far. So it definitely is a little sad for – the shares of AJ Brown I have and and also those of Devonta Smith. But yeah, it's interesting. You gotta I gotta think that the success rookies wide receivers have had recently, you know, from the get-go, has to be a what they're expecting. Because like you said, this was the number one seed in the AFC and they traded a superstar wide receiver for a rookie. Of course it's about money, but they they gotta think that that trail and burst is ready to come in and be a serious factor. I think the other one too, with Hollywood is I, I don't know. I don't get the trade, right? I, yeah, I think they got good value for him, but at the same time, like I don't get the trade, right? You want to see what Lamar Jackson offers as a passer. And I would rather see what a, a core, a, a legitimate core of Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman with a healthy Lamar, for an entire season would look like Um, because they didn't play much last year. I think they only played like what, maybe one or two games total together before the, you know, Lamar got hurt. And I'd like to see what that off looks like. Cause I think that would have been a pretty good offense. And I did, I mean, yeah, I get it. You got Tyler Limbaugh. That's a great pick, but I don't know. It just doesn't, doesn't really need none of the, none of the trades really made sense to me. And I mean, it makes sense for Arizona and it makes sense for Philly, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the Hollywood, I mean, Hollywood certainly has a huge improvement in fantasy outlook. 
especially when you factor in DeAndre Hopkins suspension. And Bateman, right? All of a sudden, Bateman's the number one wide receiver, presumably, in Baltimore. It uh, It is wild, right? This is what we've seen. And I think we should expect it to continue is that these very proven, established players are getting traded for picks because, I mean, it's got to be about money is my only thought. $25 million over a year for four years, and that's huge money. We haven't seen the, the deal with Hollywood, but I'm sure that's going to be a big one as well. Um, it is shocking. Wow, I mean, with A.J. Brown, that I saw that tweet from Adam Schaffner. I about fell out of my chair. You have anything else uh, about the trades you want to talk about, or should we talk rookies now? No, I mean, I, I think both of them were surprises, right? Uh, and I don't think there's really much else to talk about. I think, you know, both values for um, Hollywood and AJ, they're probably, AJ's probably a, a, a bit of a downgrade, and then Hollywood's pro- a higher. Um, Rashad Bateman's the big winner there, but I mean, I don't really think there's much else to talk about. All right. All right, you want to lead us off and, and give us your top 36 rookies for a Superflex tight end premium style league? Yeah, so I'll start us off here. So first up, Brees Hall. Second is Kenneth Walker. Third is Garrett Wilson. Four is Drake London. Five is Chris Olave. Six is Jamison Williams. Seven is Traylon Burks. Eight is Kenny Pickett. Nine is Christian Watson. 10 is George Pickens. 11 is Jahan Dotson. 12 is Alec Pierce. 13 is Sky Moore. 14 is Trey McBride, 15 is Jelani Woods, 16 is Kate uh, Oden, the 17th is Greg Dolchich, 18th was John Mechie, 19th is uh, Wandale Robinson, uh, 20th is Tyquan Thornton, and 21 is Rashad White, 22 is Tyrion Davis-Price, then 23 is Jeremy Ruckert. 24 is Daniel Bellinger. 25 is Katie or Charlie Kolar. And and then back to receivers is J- Vilas Jones at 26. Jalen Tolbert at 27. David Bell at 28. And then at 29 is Brian Robinson. 30 is Damian Pierce. And 31 is uh, Romeo Dubes. 32 is Khalil Shakir. 33 is Kyle Phillips. 34 is uh, Jake Ferguson. And 35 is Pierre Strong. And 36 is Zamir White. All right. I'm not going to react here on that, but uh, I'll just give you my list, my 36. We definitely do have some differences. So my one through five is going to be Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, Drake London, and Kenny Pickett. Six through 10, Traylon Burks, Jameson Williams, George Pickens, Christian Watson, and Chris Olave. My next five, Jahan Dotson, Damian Pierce, Sky Moore, Zamir White, David Bell, followed with 16 through 20 of Isaiah Spiller, Rashard White, Jalen Tolbert, Trey McBride, and Daniel Bellinger. My next five here is Khalil Shakir, Alec Pierce, James Cook, Greg Dolchich, and Pierre Strong. Picks 
26 through 30, Jake Ferguson, Jelani Woods, Keontae Ingram, John Mechie, and Calvin Austin. And for the last six picks, 31 through 36 in my rankings, I have Charlie Kolar, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Kyron Williams, Tyler Batty, and Wandell Robinson. Yeah, so let's go into some of the big risers and fallers here between our lists. Uh, so obviously our lists are a little bit different, but um, so I've I whenever we did our pre-draft rankings, you know, I had Chris Olave pretty high, uh, and I I dropped him down a little bit. Uh, that's mostly just because of, of uh, Michael Thomas being there. I think they're going to split targets, so I don't think either one's going to be you know a wide receiver one type of player. But at the same time. I think Chris Olave has the best floor in the class, and that's what puts him right above Jameson Williams for me. Uh, in terms of biggest risers, though, you know, uh, I think Alec Pierce is probably the biggest riser on my list with um, Jelani Woods also. Jelani Woods, I was, I've been on the Jelani Woods train for ever since the Shrine Bowl, really. Um, and... I'm. I was kind of upset actually that he got drafted so high, just because it makes it you know less likely for me to be able to grab him. Um, but you know that's a it's a good investment for for Indianapolis, and I think that's going to be a solid pick. And I definitely think he could start, maybe not year one, but year two. I think he could be a, a legitimate fantasy asset. Yeah, I see those. Um, I'm going to start with you know some of the the fantasy darlings now, uh, Christian Watson and Sky Moore two huge risers for me, right? Christian Watson nearly was a first-round pick, only 34th overall in the NFL draft to a obviously wide receiver needy Green Bay. Really shot up my boards. I was a big fan of Watson after the Senior Bowl, um, especially right the confirmation of his athleticism at the at the Combine. But I, he's a he's a n- nine, number nine overall for me. He's, he's a clear first-round pick. In fantasy leagues, uh, very excited about what he can do. Uh, really, some other it was a lot of wide receivers uh, that improved for me. Jalen Tolbert, Khalil Shakir, Alec Pierce. Uh, I really like the landing spots there. Uh, those are a big factor. Um, and then the other the other risers are are draft capital related. Pierre Strong in the fourth, Charlie Woods in the. In the third, excuse me, John Mechie, second-round pick. That one was shocking. That one definitely rose him up my board. Um, yeah, th- those are the biggest risers for me. Do you want to talk some fallers for you? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest faller is, uh, for me, was Rashad White. Um, I like the situation, but I don't think he's going to start year one. And that's what drops him down my board quite a bit. I love the player. I just don't think there's any situation where he's going to start year one. So I think I can get him cheaper than when I would in the draft. Um, and I thought so I don't really want, uh, I'm probably not going to draft him in many places. Um, in terms of like quarterbacks though, like all the quarterbacks are fallers. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have any in my top 36 other than Kenny Pickett. Um, I don't want a single thing to do with any of them. If you get drafted in the third round, that tell that screams to me that nobody's interested. And if nobody's interested in these guys, and then they're one, they're not gonna, probably not going to get an opportunity this year. But all the teams that drafted them are teams that are probably going to take a quarterback high next year as well. So like Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, 
um, Sam Howell, right? All three of those guys, they're probably going to be on bad teams that have high draft picks next year. Um, Sam Howell is like probably the one that's least likely to get a, a high quarterback drafted. Um, I feel like with the commanders, you have to pick a quarterback though. So I, I feel like you have to draft the quarterback number uh, with your first round pick next year. There's no like, Oh, well let's see what happens. Like, no, you have to draft a quarterback. Um, so I don't think he's going to be in a good situation either. And so Desmond Ritter, you're really hoping that, you know, he beats out Mariota and is like suddenly a star in the NFL level. But he's a third round pick. That's not realistic expectations, right? So all the quarterbacks are followers for me. Um, and then for the tight ends, so Trey McBride actually is a bit of a faller for me. And that's just because of um because of the presence of Ertz, Zach Ertz. So yeah, I mean there's a few fallers. I think quarterbacks are the biggest though. Yeah, I definitely agree. Quarterbacks by far the biggest fallers for me. I was shocked. Um I thought it was crazy when only one went in the first, but then for none of them to go in second round, I, I really I'm still in disbelief. But because of that Basically, every quarterback not named Kenny Pickett is off my board. I don't have my second QB ranked until number 32, Malik Willis. And, I mean, that's just not going to get it done. ADP, Ritter is 15, and Willis is 18. Like, obviously, I'm not getting them, right? Unless you're in the one leagues that totally abandons ADP, which I've yet to find any of those. So what does that mean for me? Hey, that means that, uh, you know, my third round picks are a little better that way because people are going to be taking them in the second round. Um, County Ingram was another faller for me. Just six-round draft capital. I mean, the the odds are stacked against him. I like the player, and honestly, I like the landing spot. Arizona's a good landing spot. I think that County Ingram could be a good backup to James Conner. But, hey, six-round pick is nothing of investment, so – they could certainly bring in, you know, a free agent next year or draft somebody in the next year or two. Um, yeah, the Rashard White, I he kind of balanced me out where I thought the landing spot was poor, but the draft capital was great, right? Third round capital was pretty good. Um, the only issue is they just re-signed Leonard Fournette to a three-year deal. So my expectation is by the time Fournette's gone, Brady's probably retired and and it's no longer this, you know, super enticing spot. Um, so not quite a faller for me, but I just wanted to chime in on my thoughts because I, because I do. I like White. I We both did. We were both fans pre-draft. Yeah, another thing that I wanted to talk about too was um, the the selections for James Cook at the Bills. Um, and so a lot of people really like that, that pick. And I'm a fan of James Cook, but I'm not a fan of James Cook at 63. But one of the things that I wanted to just say too from from this is, if right, you look at our rankings, right? I don't want a fourth or fifth round pick this year. If you can get a fourth round, if you can trade your fourth round, fifth round pick and move back up to the to the set third round or something, I would do that this year. And usually I would say keep them because you can you know use one of those dart throws on a, on another player. But this year is really top heavy. There's not a lot of depth, and I'm absolutely trying to trade those those late late picks. And um, 
you know, I, I, I would love to get back into the third round and take somebody in the tail end of the third round this year. Yeah, you know, we're we're gonna have to make some trades after this episode because I'm the opposite. I want all the four of the fifth round picks I can get because I've been finding that these players that I like quite a bit are just falling and falling. You know, players that I've got ranked as a you know, mid second, late second round pick are falling. And I'm getting them in the end of the third, in the fourth. And it's great value for me. So so who's who, what else is your kind of your biggest rise another bigger riser for you? So for me, James Cook is a big riser for a lot of people, but I don't really have that much interest. Same with Damian Pierce, right? So Damian Pierce, a lot of people have him really high now after going to the Texans. But for me, that just kind of screams what we looked at with Michael Carter last year. Uh, I, I think it's the same. It's like roughly the same value. And I, I don't see them keeping him long term as the starter. So are you like looking at a year, one year rental or are you like, are, are you trying to move him after a year? Like, what's the what's your thought process? Yeah, Pierce is a huge riser for me. I've actually have Pierce quite a bit over ADP. He's going off the board at 17. I've got him ranked at 12. He's my last first rounder. Um, I get it. Yeah, F- fourth round draft cap wasn't high, but he was a very high fourth round pick. Right? He was he was the 107th pick. Um, it's the second pick of the fourth round. Now. Right? What is that? We're talking thirty-six picks difference between him and, um, or no, sorry, sixty-eight picks difference between. Where is he? Cook was sixty-three to one hundred seven, so forty-three picks, forty-four picks. Public math. Um, Yeah, you got a good point though about about Michael Carter, right? Is he going to lose his job? He could. He definitely could. Um, my See, thought the, is... The interesting thing is because Houston has so many holes that it's so much more unlikely for them to trade or to, to get a running back in like the second round like the, the Jets just did because they just have so many other holes. So, Yeah, it's just a total upside. I think that maybe we have a James Robinson situation, which... After his first year, uh, they took a first round running back. So, what I'm hoping is is Damon Pierce shows something as a rookie, and because of that, they hold off for a year or two before trying to replace him. Um, but really, that's an indication of kind of my tear break, because at that point, I'm like, ah, oh, sure, I could go with some other players, but like, I don't, I'm not in love with them either. Let's take a chance on a Damian Pierce who could become a fantasy relevant running back, which, right, that's fantasy gold. Is there any other players for you that um, really stood out and you want to discuss? So let's talk about the tight ends. Uh, so, what are your biggest upside moves with the tight ends? Like, you know, what's your reaction here with the tight ends? So, I agree McBride gets hurt by the Earth signing or landing next to Ertz, but it's not a big uh, faller to me. I just moved down a few spots because long-term, I think that's a great spot. In two, three years, Ertz is going to be moving on, and 
almost every tight end, not name, you know, the absolute superstar that is Kyle Pitts, we expect him to take a year or two before they're going to be a fancy asset. So I like that uh, landing spot. Hopefully it can be a long-term option with Murray. Um, the other one that I really liked the landing spot was Daniel Bellinger because that tight end room is completely open. Now, I don't like the Giants as an organization. I think they're a total mess. But for a talented player that I am was a fan of to land with good draft capital in a wide open tight end room, that, that really got me excited. Yeah, he's going to be my my Jelani Woods um, sort like consolation prize, right? So, like, if I can't get Jelani Woods, then Daniel Bellinger is going to be my next pick, and that's not even really a question in my mind. Which I don't think I'm going to be able to get out drafted for Jelani Woods. So, yeah, I know you you've been a fan of him for a long time, and and Jelani Woods his uh, his ADP is thirty third overall, so. Uh, you're really going to be battling the, you know, between people like me because you have them higher than me, but I still have them quite a high, bit higher than ADP. Um, there's just some, I guess, that don't have faith in a third round tight end that had amazing athletic numbers. That's you know, landing in a tight end wasteland of a team. <laughs> I don't know what's not to like in terms of a dart throw that it would take to to get them. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, it's just because, like, usually he would be like a third round pick, but this class is terrible. So I can get him for basically the same dart throw I'm throwing for a wide receiver at that point. Yeah, especially in a tight end premium league. I got no issue if you want to just go and get your player. You know, if, if Jolene Woods is the one you want, go get him. There's anywhere in the second round, you know, outside of maybe the top few picks of the second, I, I wouldn't shake my head at all. I get it. So let's talk about the Sky Moore hype. Um, what? So for me, Sky Moore is the most overhyped fantasy pick currently in the draft. What do you think? Uh, he's definitely on a short list. I'm trying to think if there's anyone I've seen higher. Um, probably not. No, I think you're right. No, I totally disagree. Uh, or I forgot. James Cook is number one overhyped for me by far. Um, but Sky Moore comes in second. Um, Sky Moore is going at pick nine in ADP right now. I have him at 13, so it's not a huge gap, but I've seen Sky Moore as high as pick three. Like, what? Uh, yeah, so I just traded Sky Moore in a CTC league um, for T. Higgins, and it was T. Higgins for Sky Moore in a second round college pick. So. Um, that's kind of the value you can see for, for Sky and, and some for some people. And I think yeah. that was actually pretty cheap comparatively to what a, a other people were paying. So, Yeah, there's some real Sky Moore lovers out there. I think this reminds me so much of uh, McCall Hardman just a few years ago. The second round pick, Speedster, that everyone's going to say it's going to be Tarek 2.0. I mean, I like Sky Moore. Don't get me wrong. It's just... Like I'm ranking him as wide receiver nine in this class, and that's after draft capital landing spot. I bumped him up a couple of spots. There are people out there putting him as wide receiver two, three, four. Like that—that's just not the way to play fantasy, right? We saw it with this team with a high draft pick recently in CH. 
right? Edwards Alaire was, you know, RB5, RB6, RB7 in that class. And he ended up going as RB1 as, you know, VADP. So it's really dangerous. Do not do this. Do not fall in love with the landing spot. Talent wins out. The Chiefs have actually not been very good at drafting uh, <laughs> early in in recent years. Um, so it's, to me, you know, it's not, just because he got drafted in the second round doesn't really tell me anything. Uh, by the, for the Chiefs, at least, because you know, I've seen the Chiefs do other crazy stuff. Uh, I, like it's like the Kyle Clyde Edwards, right? Um, I, I am pumping the brakes just because he went to KC. Not or not not just because not because he went to KC, but I, but that doesn't like make me you know hit the gas. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've found that KC, too, has been very poor at drafting those fantasy football-relevant positions. I think they've done a good job with linemen and, and defensive players. That's fine. But you're right. Like, wide receiver, I mean, Tyreek Hill was a fifth-round pick. Um, obviously, CH is, has not you know worked out so far, but I, I tend to agree. I'm not – the difference is consider Chris – or uh, George Pickens, excuse me. Pittsburgh has time in, time out, just hit home runs with wide receivers. So him landing there, oh, that I love that. If they're on board with a, a second round pick, that tells me that George Pickens is gonna he's gonna be a hit because he's just almost the natural replacement to Chase Claypool. I think he's a more replacement for uh, Juju. I think he's gonna. I think that's what he's kind of gonna be year one. You think they put him in the slot? I think so. I I, I think Deontay Johnson probably will go into the slot, but I wouldn't be surprised um, because he's a little bit of a bigger guy. Um, I think that that whole the the Pittsburgh offense is really interesting to me. Um, I'm really curious as to what they kind of what they do because they have three guys who could play outside and inside. I think they have four because I think um, I think Austin's a really nice slot player. Um, they grabbed him in the fourth round. Not to mention the tight ends, right? They got two nice fourth round tight ends. I'm very curious to see what they do because wide receiver room is deep, tight end room is deep, and obviously, you know, Najee's a great running back. I tend to think that they're gonna just kind of bring at least Austin along and maybe Pickens too. I wouldn't be counting on them to be fantasy relevant for you in year one. I just really like the long-term potential for especially Pickens. Who else? You got a, another that's sticking out to you that needs to be discussed? No. So let's, let's talk about some of the, the, the draft itself, right? Like, uh, so in terms of, in terms of a, the fantasy draft, you know, Brees Hall, what did you think of his landing spot? I love it. I don't understand why people say the Jets is a bad landing spot. Right? Remember the hype we all had for Michael Carter landing there? We, it, everyone wanted the Jets to get a running back a year ago. It took a fourth rounder, and he's a third down specialist. Like, don't get me wrong, Michael Carter's a fine player, but to compare him to to Brees Hall is is outrageous. Brees Hall is a bona fide superstar. He, I, I love him. I think that 
They've got a promising young QB. I think their GM has been crushing it. Joe Douglas, I love what they've done since they've come in. Um, they they got a, another weapon uh, to add, right? Garrett Wilson's a stud, so I'm liking this offense and as a whole. So I, I'll tell you one reason I don't like the Brees Hall landing spot. Zach Wilson. And so before you say, oh, well, yeah, Bryce, Zach Wilson was a young quarterback, um, that's great. He has a potential to improve this aspect. But he was awful at dump when it, when it came to dumping the ball down his rookie year. Um, Michael Carter saw most of his positive like games, like his good games, like startable games, were without Zach Wilson at quarterback. So I think that's concerning for Brees Hall. You know, if I'm... So one, I expect Michael Carter to take some of the third down snaps, not all of them, some of them. But and if then if you also take that into account with the fact that Zach Wilson doesn't throw it to the running back all that often, I'm not that interested. Like he's still 1.01, but he's like the lowest tier of 1.01 I've had in recent years. Yeah, I, I can get that. I I tend to th- it'll be interesting uh, to look at your startup ra- draft rankings compared to mine because I'm still really bullish on Brees Hall. Now there have been some great running backs that come out recently that he doesn't rank over them all, but he's very competitive with all of them. Uh, and I don't think he needs to catch the ball an absurd amount of time to have a great fantasy career. Now, obviously, pass catching is vital unless you're Derrick Henry. Um, I just don't think he needs the, you know, 81 catches that an Alvin Kamara gets to, to really be a star. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. Um, I think it's, a, I think it's a good situation for both. You know, I think, I think both of them are going to be, I think that backfield is going to be scary for a long time in the NFL, not necessarily in fantasy though. So let's move on to Drake London and Garrett Wilson though. So, I think that's like kind of the biggest discussion point for a lot of people is so for me, Drake London and Garrett Wilson, like they're like basically one, a one B in terms of wide receivers. Um, and for me, Drake London's a better option. Long-term Garrett Wilson is a better option. And the is a higher floor, higher, like same ceiling, basically. Um, I think Drake London's going to be, a very, very good player for Atlanta long-term. I don't necessarily think he's going to have a great season this year. And and I, I think that's why you probably should put him at four or three or four for me. Um, and then Garrett Wilson's still the number one receiver for me. And, and that's just because I think with, with Zach Wilson already in place, I think you at least have the, the opportunity to see Garrett Wilson, you know, continue to grow in that offense earlier and we don't really know who's going to be the quarterback next year for Atlanta. So, yeah, I definitely agree. One A, one B. I have Wilson over London just slightly. Um, I just had a draft where I had the third pick, Superflex League. Well, and um, it went Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, do I get London? Do I get Wilson? Do I get London? Do I get Wilson? What did I ended up doing, I, I hit up the uh, person with the fourth pick and say, hey, do you want to move up and get your player? They're like, what are you thinking? And I sent, uh, I don't know, I said, throw in like a couple of thirds and we'll be good. And they're like, no, no, I'm good. And I'm like, 
Okay. Throw an A third. No, no, I'm good. I'm like, you won't give me anything to move up. They're like, nope, nothing. And uh, that's where I was. If you had given me anything, that would have been enough because they're so close to me. I just slightly prefer Wilson. Um, so I took Wilson, took my player and he took London and he messaged me. I wanted London either way. So he was happy. And I, I guess I was a little sad that I couldn't, you know, draw that slight bit of value that that person had, but I'm happy. I got my player and, and I just slightly prefer Wilson to there. Yeah. Yeah. So the last big person I think we should really discuss is, is Kenneth Walker. We haven't really talked about him a lot. I love this Seahawks, the Seahawks landing spot. I know some people are like, oh yeah, I don't like that at all. But for me, I love it. I love it. Why? Because Seattle has run the ball. They have been a running football team for the last, what, 15, 10, 15 years, it seems like. Um, so they have a, a pedigree of running the football a lot. They have a pedigree of using a workhorse. And I think this offense will, one, it'll allow him to, you know, do both. It, he's going to be, I think he's going to be a running back one. And I have him really close to break to Brees Hall now in terms of the where I like him. Yeah, Kenneth Walker, uh, definitely a good landing spot. I don't think it's great or, or, or bad. It's a very good landing spot. Um, I'm in agreement. Seattle in the Pete Carroll era has been one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL. Hayes, Kenneth Walker is in the same place he was before the NFL draft for me, number three, right behind Garrett Wilson and, and Brees Hall. They're, all, they're the top three in May. Or really, it's four. There's you know a tier of four with London included in there, and then there's a drop off. They're all very close. Um, I think Walker's ceiling will just depend on can they get a you know more competent QB in there in the near future. But even with bad QB play, I'm very confident you can get you know top you know RB ten to RB eighteen you know multiple years from Kenneth Walker. All right. Well, is there any other uh, player you want to talk about from the draft? Any uh, any players we didn't think we talked about? Uh, well, let's talk about the lone quarterback taken in the first round. I think that Kenny Pickett has certainly separated themselves in fantasy due to the draft capital with the rest of these QBs. But I'm wondering where he's going to ra- stack up for you with maybe other QBs in the league or at least the other players in the top of this uh, rookie draft. So Kenny Pickett, <laughs> the only reason I have kind of interest in Kenny Pickett and only, only situation is if I'm a contender and I'm a quarterback away. Um, that's the only situation I, if, if I need like a quarterback three, like maybe I'll take him uh, Cause I think he's got a solid like quarterback two ceiling low, like a, I think he's going to be a, a decent starter, but I mean, <laughs> the fact that he's the only quarterback drafted just shows the, like how awful this class was. Yeah. Kenny Pickett, um, I think is like the real only glimmer of hope for this class to have a fantasy QB of worth. I just don't believe in any of the other QBs. Like, could it happen? Sure. But the number of, of third round and later QBs that are making it in the NFL is so low. And I didn't like the players to begin with. It'd be different if, you know, I liked the player. Um, 
Yeah, Ken Pegg, I got him fifth overall in my rankings. He's right after that tier four I talked about. And that's really a floor pick. Um, I get it. You're you're I'm on board with you. I don't think his ceiling's terribly high. Could it happen? Yeah, it could, especially in that offense, right? They they've had a lot of history of of great weapons and, and success offensively. So it can happen. Um, I like the floor. I think that you're gonna get a very Mac Jones like season. Mac Jones wasn't asked to do a lot. And I think it'll be similar. You know, they're going to use the weapons. They're going to have a really good run game. And the biggest question for me is that offensive line. They they have done basically nothing to address the problems that were very evident last year. So can, you know, can maybe different coaching help out? Can the development help out? I don't know. That's my biggest concern with Kenny Pickett at least for year one is, is that offensive line? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything else about Kenny Pickett. I, I, I think he's a, if you need a quarterback, go pick one next year. Just don't, don't pick Kenny Pickett. That's just my thought. Unless you're a contender, you don't really need him. You should just take the high value ceiling wide receiver running back. That's available at that point. Is there any other players that, uh, stand out to you? So I wanted to talk about Traylon Burks more. Um, so the the biggest thing with Traylon Burks for me, so a lot of people have been talking about like, oh, he's the number one wide receiver. Um, so, you know, I my issue with Traylon Burks is the 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 shuttle, the the shuttle and the three cone. You know, I I look at this, the 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 numbers there, and it really concerns me. And, and that's the only thing that he really struggled with in terms of his athletic score. But I mean, I've seen people say like, "Oh, he's a great athlete." Like, no, his numbers do not say that he's a great athlete. He is an okay athlete, but he is not a great athlete. Um, and he's not. He doesn't measure up perfectly with AJ Brown either. Uh, he, he's he, his shuttle and this three cone were not very good. So that concerns me, and. I, for me, people are taking Traylon Burks way too high. And I'm really concerned that he has the ability to to separate at the next level. Same with David Bell. This is the same issue that I have with David Bell. Yeah, Burks is going high. He's the fourth player via ADP. I have him a little below that. I have his wide receiver three, my sixth overall player. Um, but I, the lame spot's awesome to me. I mean, whether or not he becomes Adrian Brown is to be determined. But that's obviously, I think it's obvious at least what they're trying to do is they're trying to find a similar style player to just fill that that um, that hole that trading AJ Brown created. Um, we'll see. You know, it's as simple as that. I, I know we've discussed Burks a lot on this podcast. You and I. I'm a big fan. I think uh, he has special athleticism, and. I'm not as worried about the numbers as you are, but uh, yeah, I guess at this point it's just a wait and see, right? Yeah, so I don't have anything else about the drafts. I don't know if you want to talk about anything else. Uh, I, I think we've covered most of the players that I, I'm interested in and, and that I think were affected. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, I, I, I guess I'll just kind of break down my rankings real quick. Like the first round is where you get wide receivers. I've got eight wide receivers in the first round. I have 10 in the first 15 picks. Next round, uh, wide rec- round two is for running backs and tight ends. Uh, and then 
you know, in the, the, I guess that's where it is, is get your wide receivers in the first round, get your running back in the second round, get your tight ends in the second round. And then, you know, your depth pieces on those positions in the third, fourth, fifth round. Um, I, I think there's a lot of value late in these rounds in these drafts, but that's only, and I'll, I will put a disclaimer. That's only when you have a deep league, when you have deep rosters, when you have large taxi squads, right? If I have to cut, you know, some other promising player that I, that I already have on my roster in order to bring in, you know, the, the Calvin Austin's, the Charlie Kolar's, even the Pierre Strong's of the world, um, they become way less valuable to me because I, you know, I hopefully have some players on my bench that I like already. Um, I'm going under the assumption that you're playing with 30, 30 roster spots. Your bet, your taxi squad is, you know, double digits. That's where I see value in the later rounds is I think there's some interesting prospects that I want to sit on my tax squad for a year or two and, and see what they become for me. Yeah. I think I agree with all that. Anything else you wanted to talk about, or do you want to go ahead and close it up? Uh, I think we could close it up. I mean, we talked about the real players that stand out. We gave our our, last, our uh, rankings here. Um, there's certainly going to be more to follow on this uh, as we you know, do more tape dive, as we have more – you know, discussion, just, you know, talking to other good fantasy players helps me, right? I like to listen to your thoughts and, and that, that will have an impact. Um, but also once the, you know, mini camp and training camp and everything happens, we'll get some feedback on how they're performing with their new teams. So look out for more. This is just a taste. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we appreciate everybody listening to us. Uh, you know, with the draft was a good time, you know, we, uh, we were, uh, tweeting the whole time and uh, giving our reactions there. And, you know, if you want to follow us on Twitter, please give us a look at, uh, you can find us at bubblehead FFB and, uh, you know, please give us a, give us a follow and uh, let us know what you think. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.